Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Colonel Jonathan Klug, author of The Joint Force and Lessons from 1971, featured in Parameters Spring 2021 issue. Colonel Klug is an assistant professor in the Department of Military Strategy, Planning, and Operations at the U.S. Army War College. First, I really need to say thank you. We so much appreciate your contribution to our anniversary edition of Parameters, and I'm just glad that you're here on the podcast with me. So getting right down to brass tacks for our anniversary issue, you wrote a retrospective on an article that we published, and the article was by Colonel Dwayne H. Smith. Smith analyzed the 1970 Blue Ribbon Defense Panel report, which advocated for changes to the unified command structure, and he proposed his own alternatives to some of the elements. What were the key changes Colonel Smith advocated for? He supported the Blue Ribbon Defense Panel's recommendation to create a strategic command. This was a new command that would be responsible for strategic targeting and all strategic weapons, offensive and defensive. These functions had previously been split among four commands, Strategic Air Command, Continental Air Defense Command, and the Navy's fleet of ballistic missile submarines that at the time belonged to both Pacific Command and Atlantic Command. Second, Smith agreed with the Blue Ribbon Defense Panel's recommendation to create a logistics command. This command was to deal with supply, distribution, maintenance, and transportation for all combat forces. However, neither the panel nor Smith provided any detailed analysis of this logistics organization. Third, Smith had his own recommended unified command structure that was different from the one in the Blue Ribbon Defense Panel report. In his UCS, he advocated for a unified command structure that was simple on paper, consisted of four organizations, Strategic Command, Pacific Command, European Command, and Mobile Command. But creating this structure required a lot of changes. Creating Strategic Command involved the changes the Blue Ribbon Panel had outlined. But Smith's plan also included disestablishing Alaskan Command and disestablishing Southern Command. He also merged Atlantic Command with European Command, with the Atlantic Command serving as European Command's naval component, as Atlantic Command was essentially all Navy. His proposal for the formation of Mobile Command, however, was more revolutionary and more complex. This one headquarters would have to plan, prepare, and conduct non-nuclear operations that occurred anywhere outside of Pacific Command and European Command's geographical areas of responsibility. Let's just say the planners for Mobile Command would have been very busy people. Forming Mobile <laughs> Command would also have been a challenge. It combined two existing commands that were Strike Command and another with a really long name that was responsible for much of the area that today's CENTCOM or Central Command is responsible for. However, European Command would have picked up responsibility for the Middle East and Pacific Command would have picked up responsibility for South Asia. Overall, Mobile Command would have had far too many tasks and too much responsibility to be viable. First, that's just a lot of change. But what I thought was really interesting was that you noted that Smith's analysis is still relevant today, which kind of reaffirms the necessity of a close study of history and military and national security affairs. How are his 1971 recommendations aligned with today's national military strategic goals? First, we needed to look at the strategic goals for that time and today. So Smith's analysis of strategic goals captured the essence of long-term U.S. defense objectives. 
He based his efforts on four strategic goals from then Secretary of Defense Melvin Laird's military posture statement to Congress. That was March 1971. These goals were strategic nuclear retaliation against a nuclear attacker, defense of the United States, peacetime participation of U.S. forces in mutual security arrangements, including deployment in strategic areas overseas, and four, rapid deployment of mobile forces based in the United States to conduct operations as directed. Those 1971 strategic goals are remarkably like those articulated in the unclassified description of the 2018 National Military Strategy, or NMS. These goals were respond to threats, deter strategic attack and proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, deter conventional attack, assure allies and partners, and the fifth one was compete below the level of armed conflict. Smith's recommended UCS would today be met with enthusiasm in some quarters, and it is simple and straightforward compared to what we have today, which is 11 combatant commands. The thing about it is today's strategic environment is so complex that we really require 11 combatant commands. You might be able to shift that a bit, but let me come back to that in a second. So Smith's plan would have had far less overhead and would have cost a lot less, but it also wouldn't work, as I was alluding to a second ago. For today's world, Smith would recognize Strategic Command, European Command, and Pacific Command, although, of course, with the name change to Indo-Pacific. But again, today's strategic environment and the character of warfare today require the other eight combatant commands. So let me walk through those uh, briefly. Transportation command is necessary to provide the rapid global military uh, mobility necessary. Special operations command mans, trains, and equips and commands a special operations community that is immense compared to 1971. Then we've got Northern Command, which defends the homeland. Southern Command's geographic area of responsibility is South America. Africa Command is responsible for most of the African continent. And Central Command is responsible for the Middle East and parts of Central Asia. As the last two decades have shown us, one combatant command for these areas would not have succeeded. In other words, Mobile Command could not have handled all of the geographic responsibilities that those commands I just outlined have to address. Finally, the two combatant commands that Smith did not envision in 1971 are Cyber Command and Space Command. These aspects of joint warfighting have changed dramatically since 1971 and are essential to success today. And we're wrestling with those right now across the joint force. And those are special areas of emphasis for the war college. Last thing I want to mention, Smith illustrated how trying to address or change the UCS has to account for not only the challenges of the contemporary strategic environment, but it also has to balance several inherent tensions. And anytime we do an update to the UCS, we have to address these tensions. And what I'm getting at there is effectiveness versus efficiency, tension between flexibility versus a specific mission. And that, of course, brings in uh, service viewpoints. And finally, forward deployed versus home station forces. So in other words, how many forces do we have in the Cold War, for example, in Germany or South Korea versus how many we have at, say, Fort Bragg or Fort Hood? I think it's incredible. And you even mentioned this, I think, in your article that there was so much that he could not foresee. Do you think that we'll still be using some of his analyses in years to come? 
Well, I think he charted a great course for anyone who is responsible for updating the UCS and and really the UCP. I think his process out of all of it is probably the most insightful. And his, his short bio in his original 1971 article, I mean, tells a lot. He had combat experience in, in Vietnam, but he'd served on that day's version of the Army Staff, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the Office of the Secretary of Defense. So I think out of all of it, if we look back at his article and looked at the process, really his approach to the uh, recrafting or, or making recommendations for UCS is really brilliant. And in a lot of ways, to me, it pre Sage is something that we talk about quite a bit in the Department of Military Strategy, Planning and Operations, which is operational design. So in a lot of ways, he examines the environment, he examines where they want to go, and he creates an approach to try to achieve that. Interesting. This was a very brief discussion. I know that you went into much greater detail in your article, which is, of course, in the latest issue of Parameters. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I really appreciate the opportunity, Stephanie, and and very much appreciate the entire editorial staff of Parameters. I'm so glad to hear that. I'll pass that along to the rest of the team. 